Hey, and welcome to the Takeaway Podcast. I'm Tanner Treffin, joined by Pastor Joey Rumble, and we got Becky Blanchard here, one of our missionaries. Uh, thanks so much for sharing yesterday, Becky. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, great job. What a great day. And baptism, how about that? That was I mean, just incredible, man. God's moving. It's love like, hearing the stories. I mean, we have one of the missionaries we support show up, and then we have baptism at the end of life change. Man, it was a great day. I left fired up. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It was a great the, message you shared. And then the, the grass area, the parking lot, just overflowing. Not the regular parking lot. Filled up there and then overflowing in the grass and parking across the street. Those are huge wins. It's fun. It's fun. We got the mo. Praise yeah, the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> we got the, I'm glad we got the, the message series, the big mo. The we big got the mo. big mo happening. That's awesome. So, so Becky, we were going to dive into your message and, and just ask you a few questions about it. But a couple questions I told the church that we would dive into because we were going to do an interview together at the end, but with baptism, we ran out of time. And with so many people needing to be baptized, whose lives were changed. That was awesome. So why Asia? Why did you end up going to Asia? What, why Asia? Um, it started in high school, actually. And um, I started studying like different demographics of um, the countries you know, of the world. And I learned that Asia, actually, the majority of the countries in Asia make up like over 70% of the world's population. 70% is like over there crammed in these small places. And not only that, um, you have some of the, the largest unreached people groups, nationalities, people groups, tribes who have never once heard the name of Jesus. And so that was another factor. And then um, I started learning about a lot of um, world injustices, you know, poverty and then extreme poverty causing extreme um, just um, parents going to extreme measures in some countries where parents sell their children for prostitution. It's unbelievable. It's unfathomable where we're at. But um, some of these injustices really gripped my heart. And I started realizing, I'm like, God, I don't want to be where there's a bunch of light together. You know, there's tons of churches and the gospel can go out freely. I want to go where they have nothing, where there's darkness, God. So please send me to be a light in dark places. And so that's basically like how um, Asia really started started as a seed and they just kept growing in my heart. And mm -hmm. so that's why Asia is the main focus of what I've been doing the last 12 years and of Wings International. Okay, great. And how did you, when, would, when did you take your first trip there to Asia? Um, I was in Bible school and so it was my... Um, the first summer of Bible school, and that was a, a school that also focused on world missions too. And so we went to Asia. We went to Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Laos, and one other country. They're all kind of close together. But that trip was actually um, in Thailand is when I first witnessed like child prostitution taking place and I didn't know what it was and my friend from Chile from the country of Chile was like Becky did you see that and I was like what what see what and he pointed out like what we had seen and how that was telltale signs of like child prostitution in motion and I just couldn't believe it I got back to America and actually this this newspaper article from USA Today came out and this organization called International Justice Mission they fight trafficking. And I read all these stories about the existence of this and I started just crying. Um, and so a lot of what we do is like on the prevention side of preventing kids ending up in these situations. But um, 
that was like a big factor to something that I just uncovered that I didn't know about before. Um, after that mission trip, that was my first trip to Asia. And I, my heart was changed since then. And I knew that this is where I wanted to continue working. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, I think it's incredible that you're investing uh, your ministry and making such an impact there. Uh, so that's why Asia, t- explain to us the 1040 window. Uh, this is another question we really wanted to dive into on during the message, so we waited till the podcast to share that. Kind of explain the 1040 window. There'll be a slide as well that they'll see on yeah. that. Um, I was like, I was even surprised telling Pastor Joey earlier, I can't believe how many Christians don't even know what the 1040 window is. And it's actually, it's in short, it's um, the part of the world that is the most unreached people unreached of the gospel and I actually printed out some facts about it just to tell you guys a bit better description of it but the 1040 window um it's that has to do with uh, latitude and longitude you know of of measurements in the world but it's uh, mainly mainly uh, north africa and middle east and other parts of asia um and this like constitutes um the majority of the world's muslim hindu and buddhist groups and these are some of like the world's largest stronghold religions, deceptive religions. Hindus believe in billions of God, not just like, you know, 20 or 50, billions of gods. Like what a confusing way of life, you know? And actually India, which is a Hindu nation, it's one of the most upside down confusing nations I've ever been to. And it makes sense, you know, they they believe in billions of gods. But um, the 1040 window, they have the highest concentrations of unreached people um, in the world. And also, the, it's the home of the majority of the world's unevangelized people groups. And there's also, like, greater injustices, like, with um, poverty becoming so, um, so destitute. People are so destitute and so desperate that it drives them to, you know, doing things like selling their children for $20. You know, they're like, I just need to buy a bag of rice this week. So they'll sell their child for a night. And we can't even think of that. But number one, their hearts are, are blind. They're in darkness without Jesus. The only answer is Jesus. And so it's like, God, send more laborers. That's why Jesus said the, pl- the harvest is plentiful. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers to the harvest field. And mm-hmm. that's, what, like, that's what our cry is for the 1040 window and for Asia. And also for, yeah, the American church to be like, yes, guys, let's, let's invest what we have to the 1040 window. And actually, there was a recent mission statistic. Um, I can't remember where it was from, maybe from the George Barner group. But that says a lot of America's missions, um, money investments, go towards these areas of the world that are already reached. And a very small percentage goes to the 1040 window. Mm-hmm. And that's shocking, but it's like, okay, we need to get the American church. Like, let's, let's be a part of reaching. Because I was just reading today um, in Matthew where Jesus said, you know, these signs will occur in the last days. And then one verse says, and all will hear the gospel and then the end will come. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a long ways to go before the end's going to come because there's so many who still haven't heard yet. Right. Yeah. All hands on deck. And wow. how, how much of the wings is in that 1040 window? Like all, all of where we're at is in the 1040 window. Yeah. In that unreached area. Like I was just sharing earlier this morning, um, we work in a village in Bali and we've shared the gospel up there and we've told them, have you heard of Jesus? And they say, who's that? Or, or what's that? You know, they'll say, what's that? Because they don't even know like that Jesus, what, the first time they ever heard that name in their life. And you're like, oh my gosh. And there are so many of them. Wow. 
Yeah. So cool. That that just anything else on the 1040 window? Um, I think that was probably the biggest ones that were okay. just like, um, yeah, the largest areas of unreached people groups and the strongholds. Okay. Um, they need the light of the gospel to change that. The gospel impacts everything: the infrastructure of a country, the authorities, police, mm -hmm. military, how the government's run. Um, yeah, this area of the world needs Jesus. Oh, there's another thing I'll read real quick. Um, so there are at least um, 5.33 billion individuals living in these countries of the, um, of the 1040 window, 5.33 billion, and 3.28 billion of them have never heard the name of Jesus mm. once. Mm. That's a lot of people, you know, billion. And um, this is why, yeah, our, our biggest priority is these nations of Asia. Wow. Thank, thanks so much for sharing that. I, I think that's just a, a great uh, teaching point to help us understand. Uh, we're going to go into the message you shared on Sunday. But before I do, uh, your mom and dad, David and Donna, are, are like spiritual father, spiritual mother to uh, just... They're rocks in the faith. And so I, just from a, a daughter's perspective of your parents, any kind of takeaways that you, you kind of glean from your parents, maybe one or two or three uh, takeaways from your dad or mom or both? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one, uh, if you've been on a trip with VCH, you'll know this, so I'll say it. Uh, eat when you can, sleep when you can, go to the bathroom when you can, because you don't know when you can again. Uh -huh. Just kidding. That's one of their, that's their <laughs> biggest, anybody who goes on trips with them, that's their biggest saying. They say it's funny. But aside from that, I will say that I've, I've gleaned so much from them. I've learned so much from them. They're some of the biggest influences in my life. Um, and I would say like a takeaway of what I've really um, gleaned from them that affects what I'm doing in ministry today. One is um, they they have a big value in empowering others. Mm. They're amazing ministers, men and women of faith. They know a lot of the Word of God, but they're not those ministers that are like, I'm on a pedestal, pedestal, you know, you're the minions and we're up here, you know, and I don't do this stuff down there. I don't associate with those lowlies. And there are ministers like that, and I can't stand it. Like, when I encounter them, I'm like, whoa, something's wrong with this setup here, you know, like... Um, they, I, I believe they remind me of the example that Jesus showed, Jesus showed us of sitting down with the people and identifying with them. But um, so they have a big value in empowering others um, on their team. So they're team players. It's not all about, this is our ministry and our show. That's not what it is. It's, hey, we're all doing this together. We all have a call. What's your gifting? What's your call? You know, let's find our place together yeah. and run together. So that's a big one. And I feel like I, I strive for that with my team as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then number two, I would say um, investing in and equipping the nationals. Mm. So whatever country that we're called to in missions, it's not about, oh, the American savior missionary. We're the ones who have the answers. These, these nationals in these countries, you know, where I work in Myanmar, Indonesia, Nepal, India, they're heroes, and I keep telling them, you're heroes. Don't, just because I'm 
whatever color my skin is or what country I'm from, that doesn't make me better than you. You're anointed of God. And the key is like empowering these nationals to do what God's called them to reach their nations. They speak the language. They know the culture, you know. And um, it's being able just to give them tools effectively to empower them and, and ask them, how can we run with you? How can we support what you're doing and fan the flames better? And so I would say, yeah, in equipping and empowering the nationals is another big one. Um, there was a third one that I thought of. Um, let's see. I would say um, maybe two more. Um, just being servants of all, you know. My parents are servants mm-hmm. to others. And I think that goes along with the first one, being team players. But it's not all about them. Um, they won't ask you to do something that they're not willing to do. And I've seen that as from leaders where that's what a leader is. Mm-hmm. A leader is willing also to do what it takes, you know, and serve the team. Um, and I would say the last thing is like um, being truly people reliant on God. Like okay. I, every season of my life, even to this day, I see them on their knees before God. Mm-hmm. Like they, they physically get on their knees. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like as an adult, as I've gotten older and getting on their knees isn't as comfortable. So I honestly thought this to myself, they get on their knees and I'm thinking, oh, is that necessary? Like, do we have to? <laughs> it's uncomfortable, you know? But I'm like, that's like, that's their lifestyle. They get on their knees before God yeah. and they're like, because that... that it's that humility of like, God, I can't do this without you. Mm. You know, I think we lose it. We lose it. If we finally become self-sufficient and reliant on ourselves. we're like, I got it from here, God. Okay. You know, like I have enough years around the globe that I get, I get how to do this. We're going to lose it, you know? And so that's a big thing is being humble before God in prayer. That's great takeaways there of their life. Thank you for that perspective. Tanner, you want to break down the message? Yeah. Um, so you, we were sharing about how we all have a calling, and you said, how do I follow God's call in my life? Mm-hmm. was a big question you were leaning into, and you shared Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and then Matthew six thirty three about seeking his kingdom first and his righteousness. And you talk about how uh, God has purposes for all of our lives and that his purposes are our purposes. And you head on uh, to live a life uh, in relationship with God is purpose number one, uh, to share his light wherever you go, and three, to build up uh, his family. So I just want any... Um, Helpful ways to really apply that um, for the for the church as they're like thinking about those points you hit on. Like, how do we live that out right now, today, this week, this month? Any helpful tips there for the congregation? Um, I think, yeah, the the biggest ones I'll say, like those are the most practical ways of following the generically already laid out purpose of God. You know, in the Word of God, um, is knowing Him. Um, making him known and building up the body of Christ. But also, I just wanted to reiterate that everyone has a call from God. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean, oh, having a call from God doesn't mean, oh, I have to be a full-time minister. But you have a call. You have a purpose. You know, there is a plan. And so it's like, how do I find what that plan is, you know? And so, like, the number one most basic way to start is Matthew 6.33, seeking first God's kingdom and everything that you do. Um, Yeah, and then um, when you have your own special, unique ideas and gifts, you know, and plans that you come up with, committing it to God. And then after that, okay, take steps of faith. Go for it, you know, if you feel his peace to go for it and go from there. And it's, it's a learning process. What if I make mistakes? You probably will, and that's good. 
because we learn more from our mistakes than we do from always getting it right, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a, a little kid when they're learning to walk. As a parent, you're not like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you get this right? You know, you tripped, you know? And the kid's yeah. like, I'm trying. And that's what God's like. God's not like, why did you make a mistake? He's like, it's okay. You'll get this. Mm -hmm. Keep getting up and taking the next step, you know? And that's the whole part of like walking out our purpose. Yeah, we, that's huge. It resonates in my spirit that we all have a call and understanding that. Um, uh, I just listened to an interview with Wayne Gretzky, the great ice, ice hockey legend. And a couple of his quotes that he's been known for were actually his father that spoke into his life and Gretzky and Wayne ended up walking it out as one of the greatest hockey players ever. But it was all, you know, his father invested such key moments in Wayne Gretzky's life. But that's for all of us as Christ followers. Uh, I don't know if Wayne Gretzky's dad knows the Lord or if Wayne does, but for us as Christ followers, we all have a call to invest in the next generation to invest in our city, to reach Somerville, to, uh, to reach Myanmar, to, to reach India for the Lord. It's huge. We all have a call. Yeah, I know. I, I fear failure sometimes. And, and so Pastor Fred from Northwoods was sharing with us that sometimes you step out, find out. Yeah. You're not sure. And you're talking about the car analogy um, with, with your dad, David. Of it's, it's easier to steer a, a driving car than one that's parked. And, and so for me, I feel like God was uh, speaking to me that um, it's not about more about uh, being afraid of making the wrong decision for God's kingdom, but about not having enough faith to make the right decision. And so it was just like, God, increase my faith. Help me to take steps for you and not fear failure. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. huge. And we don't want to end our life and be like, why didn't I even try? You know, oh, yeah. mm. there are things God put in my heart. Why didn't even, I didn't even try, you know, to do it. Yeah. I think of the, the parable of like the, the, the talents where mm -hmm. he's like, you wicked, lazy servant. Yeah. You know, you just like, buried it in the yeah. dirt. Like, you should have put it in the bank yeah. or something. You know? Yeah, exactly. Just do something with it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, you're hitting on uh, kingdom first, commit it to God, and red light, green light. Mm -hmm. um, any other thoughts there? For uh, where do I start? Um, yeah, no, I think those are um, not to be redundant, but yeah, we like, those are some really basic ways to start out of just navigating God's specific purpose and it might be for your life or it might just be for this season you know but being obedient following God's purpose for this season God brings the big picture together like there's a lot of things in my life since in being in relationship with him in high school and college I had lots of things God put in my heart and they didn't even fit together like some of it was reaching the youth in my hometown in Texas and then some was you know uh the children in Mexico and then Asia and I'm like God I don't know how these puzzle pieces fit, fit together but I know these are all from you these ideas these seeds and you know and I just don't get it and what I learned is that the key of just walking out God's purpose is following him one step at a time your job is to be like, God, what's your step for right now? And he shows you, and you be obedient to it. Yeah. And then then when it's the right time, he'll show you the next step. Yeah. And as you keep following these steps from God, you look back and you're like, oh, look at this picture. I didn't even realize, like, that's what you're putting together. Like, it's his job to put all the, the pieces together. It's yeah. our job to say yes to the next piece, the next step, you know? So for your life, it, it, it didn't start out with you in Asia no, uh, I thought it was going running to. this huge ministry no. to impact 
thousands for the kingdom. It started out being faithful right here in high yes. school and in high, high school serving the Lord and college yes. serving the Lord, just yeah, being serving faithful. The Lord. And then God sent me back to work with my parents in Mexico. And I thought, wait, what? But I knew it was God. But I also was like, yeah, but Asia's there and Mexico's here. <laughs> God, you know, but I know this is you, but I'm confused. But I knew that he was saying yes, but I'm in this right now. But I'm like, okay. And it didn't make sense to everybody in my life either. They knew Asia was on my heart. Yeah. We had someone call the office um, in Mexico, and I answered it, and they're like, Becky, what are you still doing here? I thought you were going to Asia. And I'm like, well, one day I am. It's still yeah. in my heart. And, so say but, what happened, though, what you learned, because this was a different stage of life yeah. where you were much older, uh, not in, out of college now compared to in high school. Or what, what did God do in your life in Mexico during that season to prepare you for Asia? It was like another training school. Yeah. Like, I, even though I grew up in ministry with my parents, it was more like participating. After college, I started learning how to lead things, plan things, yeah. develop things that I didn't know before. And that was so foundational, even in what I know how to do now when yeah. I moved out to Asia. Yeah. If I didn't go through that stage, I wouldn't have known or ha been equipped with what I had when I went out for the next step. So there's there's a plan for each season. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make sense, you're like, wait, God, but I thought you said the big picture was this. And how does this make sense? You don't have to worry about that. Just be obedient. Yeah. What's the purpose right now? Be obedient in it, and God will put the picture together. Oh, that's huge. You know, mm. the tapestry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, a big takeaway for any men listening is uh, this Saturday we have men's breakfast, a great way to grow in your faith and Amen. be challenged in the Lord. 8 a.m., so, yeah. all of God. Yeah, so I'm and excited then, for that. And then the uh, serve team party, February 22nd. Everyone who's serving on a team, jump in. It's going to be a great night. As Thank you so much for building the kingdom. We're going to party together. Uh, so... Uh, Tanner, what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, just this, having faith to believe in God for more and okay. step out. What about you? Uh, I, I think for me, the, the red light, green light, uh, just another analogy of how to look at it and, and that stage of learning that God gives you peace if you're to continue on it. But if you don't have that peace, that's a red light or, or a strong yellow light. You better slow down and really reflect. Mm -hmm. Becky, what was your biggest takeaway from your message? I feel like that's that's one of the same. Like um, you have an idea or you have a, an inkling for something, plan it out, pray it out in Proverbs 16:3, commit it to God, and then if you feel his peace, go for it, or else you're going to miss that opportunity, and then you're going to be in regret. Like why didn't I take that chance? I felt like that's when God wanted me yeah. to do that, and I didn't do it, and so let's not. I don't want to be someone who's on the sidelines watching all that God has going. I want to be in the middle of, okay, God, here, pick me, you know, throw, I'm, I'm open for the ball or whatever, you know, like, yeah. I don't want to be the one just sitting watching everything happen. I want to be involved in what he, and Amen. it's our it's our choice. Do you want to be a sideliner or do you want to be in the middle of the, the game, Amen. you know? Amen. Amen. That's great. That's my thing. Good. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, church, for listening. What is your takeaway? Let's walk in it together. Let's grow together. God bless you. See you next week.